I'm Joanne Wilson, and this is Positively Gotham Gal. Small, meaningful conversations with women entrepreneurs about their approach to life, business, and everything in between. Donna Zaccaro is a documentary filmmaker and founder and president of Dazzling Media and Pharaoh Donna Features Incorporated. Both are New York-based media production companies, one for profit and the other nonprofit with a mission of producing films about women, women's issues, and social justice issues. Donna is the director and producer of Geraldine Ferraro, Paving the Way, a critically acclaimed documentary about her mother. Her latest film, To a More Perfect Union, U.S. versus Windsor, focuses on the stories behind the pivotal case in the marriage equality movement. Previously, Donna was a longtime award-winning producer for the Today Show and NBC News. She has also worked in other industries, including politics, public affairs, marketing and communications, and also real estate, and began her career in investment banking. She has literally had 20 careers. She is the woman of today. We're just going to get in okay. and, and sort of just talk about you and your entrepreneurial venture. Okay. Well, you know, it's not so entrepreneurial. I like think the you're docu- more entrepreneurial than you think you are. Thank you. But you well, be sitting thank here. God I've been doing some real estate on the side. But, <laughs> but I mean, documentaries are not, that's not a business model. You don't have to have a business model to be an entrepreneur. Yes. I mean, it, it depends. I guess it depends how you define well, you entrepreneur. Define it, right. I mean, yes, I've, I've, I've created things from nothing. Yes. And so that's, that's entrepreneurial. That is entrepreneurial. And you don't think that people that are filmmakers and um, are entrepreneurial people? I think they can be. I think that um, I think that documentary filmmakers have a tougher time because they're harder to fund and they're harder to get paid for. I, I agree and, with that. And, and generally, for most of them, don't have theatrical runs. So that's why I created uh, for um, this latest documentary and going forward, a nonprofit, 501c3. Right. That um, because I was calling it what it was, you know, and so this way I can get profit. <laughs> <laughs> so this way I can pay myself, hopefully, and but also I can get funding by foundations and major donors. And so, for example, this. this film is um, the lead funders of Ford Foundation, and I got major donors to come on, and because it's a tax deductible contribution. Right, which is an interesting concept. Yes. And you could also, well, you know, let's go back to, you know, the beginnings of your career. You know, you. Which career? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the exact same way. <laughs> but, you know, you've had a really interesting career. I mean, first of all, you graduated from Brown. Did you go to law school first? No, or became a lawyer I, after, after Brown, I went to Wall Street. That's right, you were in Wall Street. I was a financial analyst. Which is hilarious to me that you're a financial analyst. Well, you know, I, um, I was complete art history major, um, but I was always very mathematical. I mean, I had done two years of calculus in high school, and I liked math, and I liked econ in college, too. I mean, Brown, you know, I took courses and everything, but um, but I sort of wanted to go where I thought the best and the brightest went, which was Wall Street. And which was our generation. Yes. Yes. I mean, that was really it. Where do you go? You go to Wall Street or you go to retail? But right? I mean, I initially thought I wanted to be a lawyer, and then I worked 
the summer before my senior year for a law firm and worked for a real estate tax lawyer and a pension lawyer. And I thought, oh my God, this is not at all what I want to do. But there was a guy in the firm, a senior partner by the name of Bernie Ruggieri, who had gone to Brown and sort of became my rabbi. And he took me under his wing, his wing and he said, well, try criminal law, get a get an <laughs> internship when you're back at school, which I did do it with a superior court judge, um, to see if you like that better. And I liked it somewhat better, but it was really, no, it was really the, the work process that I didn't, I, I realized I wanted to be in sort of an information driven, people driven, um, environment. Anyway, he was the one who said to me, you should, there are these two year programs at the investment banks. You should do that to see if you're interested in finance. And, and actually he was the one who gave, he gave me contacts with all the heads of all of them so I could get interviews. I mean, it wasn't. My, my my family didn't know the difference between an investment bank and a commercial bank at right. that point where there was a difference. So I went to Wall Street, did that for two years, and decided I actually wanted to work on the trading floor. I wanted to do sales and trading. Was offered a job to do that, but then decided, oh, I should go get an MBA because I have a comparative literature and art history undergrad, and I should have the degree in case I want to do something else and, and give and me some flexibility. And that was also big at that age, right? Which is like, you're on this path of what you graduated from. And if you need to swing right, you got to have an MBA an in between. degree. Right. So, I mean, that's obviously completely changed now. Yes. But so I went back and, and got an MBA, but my timing was horrendous in that I left in 1985 and I came back in 1987, which is right when the market completely crashed. Right. So I'm kind of a contra-market indicator. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I actually went back to Solomon Brothers to sales and trading to the job that I had been essentially offered beforehand. And then at, at in, in 89 said, you know what, this is not working. So left and sort of transitioned. I wanted to do marketing communications, um, more public affairs type work, um, and ended up starting a marketing communications consulting firm with a friend from Brown. Um, and then when my mother decided to run for the Senate, took a leave in order to be her political director. Which is pretty amazing you did that. Well, yeah, you know, I had always, I'd worked on all her congressional campaigns from the time that I was 17. Right. Um, so I was always interested in politics, too. So I sort of went back and forth into politics, did that. And then my firm was actually, the, our firm was acquired by a bigger firm in the interim. And I didn't want to start another firm and I didn't want to work for the firm that it was acquired by. So um, ended up talking to, you know, looking for public, more public affairs type work, but ended up talking to Tim Russert at NBC. And he's the one that brought me in to do politics at NBC. And that sort of morphed into – so I was a producer there for over a decade. Yeah. And, um, well, your background, I mean, you're, you know, your, your mother. All over the place. Geraldine yeah. Ferraro, who, you know, is – like you look back and I saw the documentary you did on her was such a badass of those days and today or even then. And so the impact that had on you and that, you know, you were perfect for going to the Today Show because, I mean, politics was just part of your blood. Yeah. But, you know, I also ended up doing um, all the civil rights anniversaries because I cared about that. I was the education producer. Um, and then I did a lot of arts pieces and human interest pieces. So that's sort of where I, I moved. And it was sort of a way actually from the politics to doing more sort of tape pieces. And, you know, the longest I did was probably nine or 10 minutes. And I wanted to do something longer, so that's why I left to do documentaries. And so you were there for ten years, mm -hmm. and then did you you didn't go 
directly into documentaries, did you really? Well, yeah, it took a little while. I had a another side. I got sidetracked by what goes around. Remember the um, it was an online giving site. That's right. That was supposed to. Um, was a, a little bit ahead of its time, I think. It was way ahead of its time. Yeah. Not even get a little. People. Yeah. I mean, it's way <laughs> ahead of its time. I mean, that's really what CrowdRise is today. Mm-hmm. And I didn't found, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't the founder of What Goes Around. Um, but I came in to try and build it. And so you made this decision, um, how many years ago, to really go back and make these documentaries? Well, um, the, and you did have a real estate foray as well, which you still yes, kind of I still into. sort of do on the side. Actually, I make more money on the real estate side than I do on the uh, documentary on the documentary side. side. Yeah. Um, but the documentary side is where I feel like I'm making a difference, or you know, the mission of the 501c3, which is called Ferradonna Features, mm-hmm. um, Ferro for iron in Italian, and also my mother, and then Donna for me, but also woman. So it's strong women, iron, whatever. So it it focuses on films about women, women's issues, and social justice. Um, I mean, if you start with when I interviewed my mother for the documentary I did on her. That was a year before she died, so that was seven years ago. So, I mean, I was already well into it at that point. So. Right, right. And um, and how many people have seen that film now? Uh, millions. You know, and I, actually, if Hillary, because it was on Showtime for two years. That's right. And then it's been in the um, educational market as well, and it was in festivals. But the goal is really to have it be a part of college, at least college, but also high school um, curricula on women's studies, women's history. What was the name of the film? Geraldine Farrow, Paving the Way. That's right. And she did pave the way. I mean, I I saw the film. I weeped through parts of it, for sure. Um, And in in many ways, watching that film, even just today, um, it's very um, of the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, what the, the stories I'm attracted to, I mean, obviously, I knew her story better than Anybody, anyone else. And, maybe and your father and your brother. <laughs> actually, I think I knew it even better because of my journalism background. Right. You know, and, um, and my political background. Um, so working on all those campaigns with her. Uh, I mean, we all worked on the the vice presidential campaign, but all the others, I was the only one that worked on. And, um, but, you know, I, I think what's interesting is doing stories about personal stories that actually tell the bigger story. Mm-hmm. So her story tells the story of women in this country. It tells the women political history of this country. Um, so they're sort of, and there are also life lessons in her life that I think are applicable to anybody. And I, I do agree that I think it's it's still really relevant to what's going on. I mean, certainly, I mean, I... And it would I, have been different if Hillary was elected. Yes, it would have yeah. been. Yeah, but, but the same issues. I mean, I go back and look at that film again, you know, and we're still talking about the same things that we were talking about in 1984. I know, which is absolutely Crazy. amazing. Yeah. Any woman who has had any provenance in their career will say, no shit, right? But the men will be like, oh, my God, that's just so awful. But you've never sat in our shoes or in those meetings or when you walk into a room with all men and you think, okay, am I going to be 
a bitch? Are they going to think that I'm too aggressive? Am I, you know, what exactly is the tone I need to take here? If you open your mouth, you'll be considered a bitch and too aggressive. Right. Do you think that we are in a a seminal moment that we're going to see a shift? I hope so. I think people are speaking out and being and calling these issues a lot more than they used to. But, you know, at the same time, uh, Carolyn Maloney is always saying, where are the women? You know, you've got the, the what, the 12 or 13 men that behind closed, closed doors, doors came yes. up with the health care bill and there wasn't a woman in that. I mean, there are there are a few Republican women senators. So I don't know. Until until we have greater representation, whether it be in the boardroom or in elected office, I, you know, I think it's still really hard and we're, it's still an uphill battle. Yeah, I, I happen to agree with you. So you made this one film and you made this decision to be a nonprofit organization versus a profit organization, which I actually really think is is really smart um, and also works for you, right? I mean... Well, I still have the for-profit entity right. that we can do corporate video or, or, you know, documentaries for hire, but... You know, I mean, really, the nonprofit ways is the better way. Right. And and to get your films out. Yeah. Um, which is incredibly important. And so this morning you sent me a link and I only got to see about 20 minutes of this film. And I'm so excited to go back and watch this film. Good. Um, I'm really excited. And I, you know, and I think that's what I liked about your, the film you did about your mother, loving this film more. And we can talk about other films that you're working on is that, um, you do have this passion for the world at large and the underserved and the stories that should be told. I mean, you're a liberal through and through. And so, you know, that, so that this movie isn't great. So, so you haven't, you, you haven't to gotten it. to the balanced part of it. I, I did put the other point of view in there, though it was very difficult finding anyone willing to go on camera, believe it or not. So this latest film is, is called Two A More Perfect Union, USV Windsor. Um, and the union obviously refers, it's a couple of different um, refers to a bunch of different things. First and foremost, obviously, making the country a better place. Um, our union, the United States of America. So um, it's about um, rights for everyone. So this is, you know, what I consider the pivotal case in the marriage equality movement. Um, so there's that. And then you've got the union of the woman who brought the case, Edie Windsor, the plaintiff, and her spouse, Thea right. Spire. So there's that that marital union. But then there's also um, Robbie Kaplan, her lawyer, and, and her, that's a union too. So these two women of two different generations, two lesbians of two different generations with different experiences, but still very much telling the whole gay rights mm-hmm. story, history story. Um, and then you have Robbie and her spouse, so and their union. So there are lots of different unions. That's how we came up with that. But um, and I think that again, the personal, all the various personal stories behind the case um, tell the story of the gay rights movement and the marriage equality movement in this country. So it's ultimately meant to be educational. But I'm hoping it's not a film that's. Um, just for the LGBTQ community. I mean, I, I hope it has a general audience. I think it will have a general audience. I mean, particularly when you talked about you want these things to be shown in schools. Mm-hmm. I mean, Generation Z, who has not even, some of them don't even have a credit card yet, 
is a generation that doesn't understand why there is even an issue around these things. And so for them to see the historical um, reasons for why we are here today, I think will be very impactful to them. Especially as all of it gets challenged again. I think that whole pleading, you know, religion, whatever, I find offensive. So do I. Yeah. I mean, it's just, we're all in this together. This is a country of immigrants. I live in a city, you know, with over 8 million human beings live in it, with every single thing you could possibly imagine represented on this one island, and nobody gives a shit, pretty much. Right. (laughs) And we all live you know, in peace. In fact, we look for that diversity. Yes. But that's not the rest of the country. It isn't. That is really, it is this craziness that you really wonder, is it the minority being so vocal and the majority just doesn't go to the polls? Or is, is am, or am I that disconnected from this country? Well, it may be both, actually. I mean, I think the majority doesn't go to the polls. Um Unfortunately, I mean, I think that's huge problem. And, you know, I don't know how you combat that other than, I mean, one idea would be to have um, voter registration be, you know, just like um, when you get your driver's license, you have the organ donation option. Right. You know, I mean, that would that would help or at college registration or whatever. But um you know, or double or what is it? You know, when you do the double authentication, you could just like vote online, like you buy something from Amazon. Right. Um, I, I think it would also help if it was on the weekend rather than on, you know, midweek. Where they do other countries. Yeah, but I mean, they don't want to make it. The, those who are currently running our government do not want to make it easier for people to vote. It's true. So this next, so what is the next film you're working? I mean, I know that you're working now on all the cleanup, distribution right. and cleanup and all the, that the stuff. The marketing, the uh, right. you know, the insurance, the licensing, all that sort of stuff. So that's sort of taking up a my tremendous time. amount of time. But I mean, I've got a c- couple of others that are again women um, leaders because I think there need to be more stories out there about women leaders to provide those examples Completely. for both our girls and our boys. Um, you can't be it if you can't see it. I, I think so. I agree. I think that's true. So I don't have anything locked down cool. yet, so I don't really want to talk about talk, it. Well, yeah. Right. I don't think it's right to. But I think it's great that you're doing this. I mean, you know, I was involved with this film Dream Girl, and, um, you know, I financially gave money to that film because I really thought the importance of highlighting female entrepreneurs. And she, like you, although not a nonprofit, used it in education forum that she showed this film literally across the globe. And um, the impact has just been tremendous for women and men um, who, you know, watching that made them feel like I'm not in this alone. Like right. I can do this too. Right, right. You know? Well, I mean, I, I I really do believe if you if you need to see it in order to be it. Yeah, really. I totally agree. And yeah. so let's go talk about your mother. I mean, what do you think your mother's legacy has, is, um, what it will be, and um, that impact that it's made on you? That's a tough one. Um, I mean, I would say the lessons that I learned from her um, are really believing in yourself. I mean, when you say 
I'm someone who has has gone and sort of followed my nose as to what I was interested in or what I wanted to do. I haven't ever thought, oh, well, you can't do that because you haven't done it before. I mean, I think women in particular have a tough time just making the leap. Mm-hmm. You know, women tend to say, oh, well, I, ha- I haven't, I-, I think I can do that. I don't know if, you know, when they're, when they want a promotion or when they are trying to do something that they haven't done before. Whereas I think men tend to say, oh, yeah, I can do that. Completely. Um, and, and they are less qualified often than the woman who's who's second guessing herself and saying to the person who wants to promote her or support her or fund her or whatever, I, you know, I'm not 100% sure, but I think I can. So I think one of the things is, is really just you have to just go for things and take risks. Um, and then you have to 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 speak up whenever you can in support of well first for yourself but then also for others wherever you see an injustice or someone being taken advantage of and I just think those are pretty basic things mm-hmm. um, but I, I think that has become that much clearer certainly with the you know since the election I mean pe- people are being activated into do doing all sorts of things that. People have never been involved in politics before. Yes. Or people have never protested before. And and you have to do that. You also have to turn around and, and help people. If you've gotten somewhere, you want to turn around and help the next person. Because particularly if it's if it's a woman, I think. Um, because well, again, they're not. Ne- said, right? Yeah. Well, she said there's a special place in hell for people that don't do that. I, whether or not that's the case... I, I don't know. And I love Madeleine Albright. And actually, hopefully she's one of the people I'm going to do a documentary on. <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> yes. But, you know, I, I, I do think women need to um, be role models for other women and they have to be mentors and they have to um, help other women along because the guys all do it, you know, and, and women aren't just don't get those rabbis. Right. You know, it is very true. I think that also our generation, we had less rabbis. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they had, had to be men, right. right? They had to be men. There was this fear um, among women, very, very sharp elbows, that there was only one opportunity. And so we're not going to help each other because we're all competing against each other for that one. And I, I do see the, 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 the younger women now be much more embraceive and much more extend their hand to women below them to pull them up. Yes, that I think that's right. There's not that anymore. And there's also so many different opportunities out there. That there's not that one golden ticket to run that one company. That there's a much more entrepreneurial spirit, um, and there's a variety of different things that you can do. So I think it, it sort of went hand in hand. Yep. Well, I, I would say the other thing is to recognize that sometimes you fail and you pick yourself up. You know, a, a lesson that my mother says in the film is, you know, you look at the, the hand you're dealt, and if things don't necessarily go your way, you figure out how you're going to deal with what you've got and you move on. And I, I think particularly if you're talking about entrepreneur entrepreneurship, there are going to be a number of failures or there are going to be setbacks and you have to just keep trying to proceed ahead and not dwell on them. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, um, I used this line earlier on another uh, podcast, which is, you know, Billie Jean King uses this all the time and she just did this in uh, Commencement Speaks over this weekend, which is failure is feedback. And she talks about hitting that ball, 
you know, and you hit it one way and it goes into the court and it wasn't where you wanted it to be. So when the next ball comes to you, you know that is not the way to hit the ball. Which is a great analogy. It's yeah. such a great analogy. Um, I, I think So you have to pivot your body. You have to do something different. Yeah, you have to figure you out what to do, do differently. Different. Right. right. And, I, and I do think that many of the children of our generation were not told that they can fail. Well, they're given participation trophies, right? Yeah, I mean, you just show up to the game, you get an award, and I've never understood that. No, um, I think that the the importance of failing and failing often is the best way to learn how to succeed. Yep. Um, and uh, and your mother um, certainly taught you that. Yes. You know, in a very public <laughs> way. Yes, she did. Yeah, and but I mean, you know, recognize also her background. Her father died when she was eight. And her mother lost everything. And so she had to be very self-sufficient. And she also had to figure out how to, to make a life for herself. And, I mean, her mother miraculously understood the importance of education, despite the fact that she had to leave school when she was in eighth grade to go support the family um, and never even had a high school education. But she knew that my mother needed an education. So, you know, there's the, the education component, but also or the importance of education but then um, also how, how you brush yourself off and pick yourself up and figure out how to, you know, better your situation. Yeah. I mean, I recommend anyone to go and see the film. I mean, it is. Thank you. There's so many incredible nuggets in there. And particularly, it's so relevant to today because there are, there's, this, there's this piece in the film where she is literally combating males. Hardcore. In regards to abortion, her personal views versus her public views, um, and dismissing her on so many different levels in a way that was using their power as a male um, to well, demean she was, her. She was asked if she could push the button if she needed to on yes. the press, you know, whether she was strong enough. Um, she was strong. She was strong. <laughs> yeah. She was very, very strong. I think the importance of watching um, other women that others can c touch and connect to. And I think that was what was so interesting about your film, about your mother. Anyone who sat in that audience felt like they could connect to her. Yeah. Well, that was actually part of her great appeal. I mean, she had all this charisma and she could talk about foreign policy, uh, you know, on the world stage with the world leaders. And yet she also could sit in your kitchen and talk to you about, you know, preparing meals for the week for the kids right. or, you know, clip, she clipped coupons up until she couldn't move. <laughs> I love <laughs> Practically. that. But I think in even the film I watched this morning, I mean, it, it, it's, it's engaging and you feel connected to those people. Yes. And I think that's obviously what you do as a filmmaker. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the more you can make people relatable, people are going to connect right. with the story and believe that they can do the same thing. Yeah, totally. So so anyway, well, thank you anyway, so much for coming. Thank you. And you do have a this great so entrepreneurial story, story. I mean, you really do. You've had like 30 careers. Yeah. And along the way, having two children, you know, and other things. Yeah, and a husband and a dog. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank Donna for joining me in conversation today. Keep your eyes out for her new film, To a More Perfect Union, U.S. versus Windsor, coming soon to a screen near you. I watched it, and it is phenomenal. Definitely something that everybody should know the history of. 
Also, thanks to you for joining me this week on Positively Gotham Gal. We're on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of these incredibly inspiring stories. We'll see you next time.